back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. Always delighted to have uh, Casey Mulligan back on the program. Uh, he is uh, a regular on the show. We love having him on. Uh, you, you may know him from his work for uh, the White House as the chief economist for the President's Council of Economic Advisors or his work as a professor, uh, which he continues to do and is at the uh, University of Chicago in their economics department. But uh, we love having him on to talk about all things economics. And uh, today's topic is going to be particularly timely uh, because it's something that that's all part of the incredible breathtaking inflation that I, I would say most Americans hadn't even seen in their lifetimes or they were too young to appreciate it because I was 17 and I'm pretty old, uh, Casey, uh, you know, when I saw inflation like this before. So we're going to get jumping into that here in just a moment. But first, first, tell us about your book and the best way for people to learn more about it. Yeah, my book, Your Hired Trump, uh, dot com. That's the website for the book. The book's called You're Hired. And I, I, I worked in the White House on economic issues with President Trump. And he's really a very interesting character. Love him or hate him. Very interesting. Uh, and a lot of these stories weren't weren't told. And his attitude toward especially economic issues, that's, that's what I was in the room for. Um, so it's a yeah. lot of fun to read, and especially if you like economic topics. Yeah, you did a great job of, uh, you know, bringing together the human side and the uh, uh, economic policy, making it accessible to people. Uh, and at the same time, I think you strove to be honest about issues that you had uh, with the administration. It's not a it's not a promo piece by any stretch. Which almost everything on Trump is either an all-out war or a propaganda piece. And we really need something with nuance, and I think your book achieved that. So I'm I'm a fan. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about uh, you know a very interesting observation you made during the break is that while Americans are are trying to work, trying to make a living, uh, you know, uh, and we are having incredible inflation, like I mentioned, we haven't seen since the early '80s. How old were you, listener, in the early '80s? Um, and uh, yet the administration is continuing to do things that no doubt will add pressure. Uh, to that the, to, to that inflation situation, would that kind of set the stage for us? Yeah, I mean, one thing that's changed since the '70s uh, and early '80s is now um, some some Americans get an automatic raise with inflation, mainly those that are on government benefits. Uh, those who work, we know raises aren't automatic; they need to come with success, they need to come with productivity, um, which has been tough these days. Uh, a lot has been messed up in our economy from the pandemic, from ver perverse government policies. So productivity is low. Wages are not going to keep up with inflation. Um, but if you're on Social Security or you're on food stamps, uh, disability insurance, uh, any number of programs, they get an automatic raise. And now that's justified uh, saying, well, costs went up, so those people need to get more. Well, workers don't have that, and what this does is tilt the balance between being on in work and being on benefits toward the benefits phase. So I think we're going to start to see the uh, labor market start to shrink here as the scale is being shifted in favor of benefits and away from work. Yeah, and that is not new, is it? That's something we've been witnessing now since COVID when the policy became, and that's a bipartisan policy, right? You know, oh, yeah, you can't 
pay your rent, don't pay rent. You know, uh, you don't have to. You know, we, we this this is what you know what we've done. In fact, Alex Brill has uh, been on the program, uh, who's on often like you are, and we were talking uh, somewhat about the situation last week. And we've got nationwide, uh, you know, such distortions in our economy that, uh, you know, a problem. Actually, I'm sorry, Senator, uh, former Senator Phil Graham on my show last week, we talked about this. You know, historically, for many decades, uh, especially since the so-called war on poverty, and then we got a little reprieve by the Clinton administration working with the Republicans in Congress in the 90s, and then Obama brought, brought it back with the war on poverty, which is really a war on the poor incredible distortions that incentivize people not to work. Now, then, historically, it was geared toward toward certain groups, and you can even argue it was groups that would likely vote Democrat, and they wanted to keep it that way. Now it seems like it's being expanded to everyone, and people who never, it just would have been unconscionable to think that they would not work if they could. They do it pretty freely now. We create a lot of distortions incentives-wise. You're right. It has been a trend for a while. Um, what I think is news is this month that the trend kind of took a ju- took a jump. You know, food stamps got a 12.5% raise this month. We're in October right now. Um, and those much of those other programs I mentioned are due to get raises in January. Um, so while the income available from living on benefits has been catching up with the income from work, it's taken another jump in that direction very suddenly here, and I think we're going to see the labor market respond rather suddenly to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, the beneficiary uh, to this kind of policy is a, a government that can boast low unemployment. But, you know, right? It's, it's, it's good we have low unemployment. Uh, but they, when you start taking a, a microscope to why, you know, and you start looking closely as to the distortions and the re- reasons and even, you know, a word you used in our conversation, the perversions, economic perversions taking place. That's nothing to be proud of. That's not a record you want to run on. Uh, uh, you're right. And uh, they're, they're not going to be running on it. Now, they'll probably try to shift as the labor market starts to deteriorate here in the next six months, probably shift the blame to the Fed. Um, and say, well, the Fed raised rates, that's why the labor markets. But it, but they set the stage with uh, really a bunch of laws and regulations that hurt productivity and fuel inflation. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is as much an interesting, uh, almost uh, uh, sociological uh, conversation as it is an economics one. Because in my opinion, you know, you're talking about actual values when you're talking about the desire or willingness to work, and uh, you know, we're we're seeing a massive cultural value shift that again was targeted, I believe, by progressives towards certain income groups to guarantee that they would continue to vote a certain way. I know that sounds cynical, and I'm not saying that was overtly the policies, although one could argue that, but it certainly had that latent benefit along the way. But this is a phenomenon that's way beyond economics, Casey. Well, I view economics pretty broadly, um, but we, we've seen that, you know, in Sweden and uh, other Scandinavian countries 50 years ago had gone in this path, and they saw, I think, what you're calling the sociological effect. You had an early generation of Swedes who were hardworking, and they continued to work hard, even when these benefits were available, 
But then they saw that the generations following on didn't have the same attitude toward work. Um, and those attitudes really didn't pay as well anymore when work doesn't pay. So you do have these mm-hmm. longer on effects. Um, and I think also issues related to drug abuse and alcohol use, um, these are habits that form differently when you're in a work-type lifestyle versus a non-work lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of impact do you think, if any, is this going to have in this November? You know, I, it, it seems to go back and forth. And I know you're, you really kind of shy away from the politics, politics side. You like to look at policy, but, you know, policy affects politics, as you well know. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts about that. I saw a fascinating article that kind of ties into our conversation in the New York Times over the weekend where, you know, so much of the energy and political capital was spent on the infrastructure bills and, uh, you know, that, that cost of fortune. And no Democrat wants to talk about those bills now. They can't get him to talk about them anywhere or anytime. And uh, these are supposed to be paradigm shifting. They are. But they're paradigm shifting similar, in my opinion, to what you're talking about when it comes to Social Security and, and these other incentives that are creating distortions. Yeah, a lot of the infrastructure bill was was green New Deal sort of stuff, renewable energy subsidies and su- and things like that. And I don't think people want to hear about that right now. They see that as part of at least our short-term problems. Maybe it's part of a long-term solution, but it's key to the short-term problems. No doubt on Europe, um, their energy policies have been part of their short-term problems, which are about to build in the next few months as they go into winter. So, yeah, it's not oh, yeah. something to brag about right now. Yeah, winters, I mean, uh, Europe's going to be a, a disaster. Uh, what about those power plants that we were shutting down, you know, the U.K. was talking about? I know they changed their mind at least on one. They're probably, they had three on the crosshairs. I wouldn't be surprised if they changed their mind on that. Uh, it's hard to believe that uh, France, when it comes to energy policy, is about as close to a free market model that you're going to find in Europe. <laughs> I find it humorous. Yeah, it is very interesting how how that has shifted. Um, Scandinavians too were very uh, different years ago, and now they're kind of leaders in many areas of freedom. So uh, you can't take your position for granted. You got to keep working at it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like the fact that uh, you're uh, that uh, Northern European. Scandinavian uh, leaders were kind of wagging their finger at Bernie Sanders saying, hey, we don't consider ourselves socialist countries. We've got free markets. And really, some of them were saying, we're moving way more towards freer markets than what your country is. So they'll be using us as an example. I found that very telling. Yeah, we, and when I worked in the White House, we had a bit of an international incident that Denmark got upset with us um, because – it was said that we called them socialists. We did it. It was Bernie Sanders. But anyway, it, there was a bit of an international misunderstanding, and we had to send somebody over, and they had to send people over. Uh, so, yeah, you're, you're right. The modern Scandinavians are proud of uh, their appreciation for the market. Yeah. Yeah, markets work. They really do. Um, final thoughts, what are some takeaways from, from this? I think this is really interesting. Of course, typical, as usual, there's not a whole lot of conversation about it. It's like, hooray, look, we're spending more money here. You know, to me, and on another part of the story that I think is interesting, not being discussed, what you're thinking, what, what you're saying is crucial, 
but it's a fact that to me it's kind of a like a white flag going up when it comes to inflation. You know, it's like they're not, there's not a whole lot of hope that this is going to change. And this is going to be infrastructure, and they'll, they'll never go away. They don't ever increase spending and then rescind it. So when it does improve, well, it almost sounds like they don't think it will improve for long before uh, anytime soon. Yeah, I think the takeaway is really the I, – I would treat the Fed largely as a, as a distraction in terms of understanding our business cycle and where it's headed. I think there's a more basic supply and demand factors at play. Um, and, and the Fed's a bit of a sideshow. Now, if you're a bond trader, well, you've got to pay attention to the Fed because they're intervening in your market. But I think for most people, um, the major issues, economic issues and the business cycle as it, as it moves along – have to do with these regulation and taxes and subsidies that we're talking about, which are really pretty simple supply and demand issues. Yeah, very good note to end on. Casey Mulligan, always love having you on the program. He is with the University of Chicago. You know, every once in a while you've done an update on uh, the great work that's going on there. We need to do a, we need to do another segment about that uh, soon because you've got some very interesting and innovative things happening to uh, really not just help students, but the rest of the public understand economics. I, I, I love your work. Also, check out his book, YourHireTrump.com. Stay tuned for more after this. <laughs> 